Welcome to what the end. Matt Stanley, how are you? I am comfortable. Oh, excellent. Are, are you excellent. comfortable? I'm, I'm quite, well, you know, to be honest, it's a little chilly in here. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're in that awkward period in um, New York real estate where, or, or you know, rental properties mm-hmm. where it's a little chilly, but the landlord hasn't quite turned on. It's not chilly yeah. enough for the heat to turn on. Exactly. Right. No, yeah. Right. For the, so, the, the question is always, would it be better to have it turned on early and you've got a couple of weeks of sweltering heat or would you rather right. have it turned That's on right. a couple of weeks late and you freeze for a while? That's right. That's right. Because for those who don't know, when you live in one of the world's great metropolises in the most modern technological society um, on Earth, it the city is actually a little bit behind with certain things. Yeah. Like well, maybe central, all cities are like central that. heating. Yeah. Um, lack yeah. of people urinating in the streets, um, right? All sorts of modern conveniences. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I guess, but all cities are like that. I guess they. Uh, let's say that's one of the cool things about cities is that they, you know, the, the many layers of history it takes a long time to catch up. Maybe yeah, so. that's about right. Um, speaking of comfort, hmm. you found a wonderful article. Uh, I'm just gonna. We we don't often do this, by the way. Uh, we do do, if you've been listening, although if, if you've subscribed to this feed, you've been getting both of our programs. I should hope so. Um, yes. And, and uh, I would love to know what you think about that. Uh, we will be, uh, I think we'll split out the news one into its own program so people can subscribe to that if they just want one of these uh, and not both at the same time. But let us know how you, how you feel. Um, whatthef.com is the website. You can just go there and contact us. You can email us, feedback at whatthef.com. Um, but the program is, uh, this is on Mondays, we do uh, What the If News, uh, which actually is, uh, we're going to refine the title there because it's really virus-related, pandemic-related. <laughs> yeah, that's probably right. Um, yeah. And uh, with uh, Gabby Panicia from Rockefeller University, she's a virologist. Uh, we have a lot of fun there. Usually what we do there is we read a news story, and then and then Gabby helps us uh, understand the science. And then on Fridays, usually uh, it's the opposite of any fact-based <laughs> source. Um, well, we go the other way around, right? We begin with imagination. For, what's a quick quick description? You're very good at these. Of what uh, we how do would you here? describe we, what do we, do um, we change something or we imagine that something might be different. Uh, like what if women's clothes had pockets um, or <laughs> what if humans had tails or what if we lived around a black hole? Um, and then we uh, run with the chaos caused by our little intervention in reality. And uh, What if we had black holes for pockets? <laughs> Worst pockets ever. I I have several solar masses worth of stuff in my pocket. I just can't access any of it. <laughs> right. That's the idea. See, send in your ideas. We we have done many, many ideas uh, submitted by fans. And, and uh, you guys, and when we do run with your idea, uh, you become a super-iffer. 
Shoot us your ideas. Whatif.com or feedback at whatif.com. The news story we're gonna, but uh, but but this week the the um, this the catalyst for our thought experiment this week is uh, a news story that you found from Sky News. Mm-hmm. And um, having many friends in the media, I like to always give credit. And you being a scholar, I Certainly. know that cite your sources. Yeah. It's important cite your sources. This is from Sky News, um, and the report news reporter Aisha Zahid. And uh, this is from October sixth, or as they say on Sky News, six October. Yes, that's right. Twenty twenty in the UK, and the headline is: Scientists discover twenty four. Quote, super habitable planets. Ooh, super habitable. With conditions that are better for life than Earth. Using a list of criteria, researchers identified a total of 24 planets. Which could be habitable out of a known 4,500. This is a groovy track. This is a groovy track. This is the kind of music you would hear while you're chilling on your super, oh, super habitable. Yeah. So just a little more from this article. The study, led by Washington State University, uh, identified planets that were older, slightly larger, <laughs> starting to sound like me, uh, warmer and wetter uh, than Earth. They added that life could thrive more easily on planets which orbit changing stars with longer lifespans than the sun at a slower speed. Um, so as they say, only the fast die young. That's right. Is the Greek Billy Joel they say. song yeah. uses that. Uh, the 24 planet, 24 planets have been identified, are all more than 100 light years away, meaning it's difficult to see them up close. Again, for us older folk, everything is difficult to see uh, up close. Um, however, researchers have said that these findings could help them inform future telescope observations. One of the lead researchers, Professor Dirk Schultz-Makuk, said, with the next space, space telescopes coming up, we will get more information. So it's important to select some targets. Astronomers created a superhabitability criteria, which they use against 4,500 known exoplanets. And uh, basically, the upshot is they found of the, uh, none of the 24 planets identified met all the criteria. However, there is one that meets four of the critical characteristics, meaning it may be more comfortable for life than Earth. Mm-hmm. So, all so, right here. so this is kind of a, a funny tag because my first, you know, when you hear something like this is a, a better place for life, you're imagining like the planet is like Hawaii, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. warm and it's comfortable and there's, uh, you know, food growing on the trees. And I say, we don't know any of those things about these planets, right? We have no idea if right. there's life. We don't know if we could survive there. We have no reason to think it's actually living there. Right. So when they say habitable, they're, they're sort of tagging an aspect of life on Earth that we don't think about all that often which is that the earth will only be a pleasant place to live for a certain amount of time. Ah, uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. Um, so, so more comfortable. So they're saying more comfortable for longer 
They're saying that mm -hmm. the decline of the planet is an uncomfortable thing, and we don't like that. Right. Wouldn't um, it be great if we didn't have to worry about it. Yeah, that? these plants will stay comfortable longer. So, <clears throat> excuse me. These couch, uh, these um, planets, these planets are like a really comfortable couch, okay, <laughs> and a really good couch. So you know there are some fancy couches that are comfortable to sit on, but the 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 stuffing bunches up real quick, and after six months you're just like, oh man, this was not a good couch. This was not worth the effort of get, trying to get it into the apartment. But then right. there's that couch you have in the basement um, that is older than you are but is just insanely comfortable. And no matter how many times you lay on it, um, it's still good, right? So That's the thing. It's yeah. still good. Unlike, mm -hmm. for instance, the earth, which could be old. If the equivalent, what we're talking about here is that the earth is that old, comfortable couch. No, no I'm sorry, not comfortable. Very old couch. But when you sit on it, you get the springs up your butt. That's right. And you're like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, spilled on. <laughs> that's right. It's not the fluffing is coming out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is so when they say um, it's super habitable, they mean the planet is going to stick around uh, in a comfortable way for a very long period of time. So we have, um, or I should say, we have a reminder of the importance of this uh, right here at home, which is that uh, Mars was probably once comfortable. But now it's not. Oh, so Mars is that sofa with the yeah. Mm -hmm. the, the rovers landed there, and at first they were like, "This is great. It doesn't rain. Mm -hmm. It's sunny." <laughs> but then they're like, "Wait a sec. This is kind of lame." Yeah, that's like so. Oh. You go into the, you know, you, you're visiting somebody's house for the first time, and you sit on their beautiful couch, and you're like, "Ugh, this is not yes. comfortable." But then you look at it and you realize. Oh, well, you know, it probably was once, right? But it's way past its expiration date. Right. Um, but I, what I find funny is the whole use of the word comfortable. But let me, this allows me to <laughs> specify, this is the if this week. <laughs> what the if Earth were more comfortable, not just more comfortable, what what if Earth were the most comfortable planet ever? Ever. 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 The sealy, posturepudic planet. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that when I'm shopping for a planet, um, yes. and I'm looking for a comfortable <laughs> one, yeah. Some of the and things, by the way, the planet salesmen are really <laughs> the shady. Are, they're the worst. They're always trying to unload, uh, yeah. you know, gas giants on you and uh, <laughs> dwarf planets. They're like, oh yeah, Pluto's totally a planet. It's totally worth the, the money. They're trying to upgrade you with the moon. <laughs> 57 moons around this thing. Yeah, you need 57 moons because, you know. Uh, yeah. So when I want a comfortable planet, um, I want one that, uh, I can breathe on and, yep. Yep. uh, has stuff I can eat, uh, mm -hmm. and where I won't freeze to death. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, so I think those and, are all important. Aspects. And I think it's, it's helpful to note, for instance, what one thing that you talked about in this article, um, was they said that for instance, a slightly in their mind, uh, they were looking at, for instance, Earth-like planets, 
that were 10% larger than Earth. Yeah. Okay. A little bit bigger mm-hmm. means it would be it could be warmer for longer. Right. Yeah, because this is the thing that we don't again we don't ponder very often um, is that right. the Earth is slowly cooling off. Um, the inside of the Earth is hot. Um, Wait a second. Wait a second. Open. Yeah. Are you? Everyone's talking about it getting hotter. Ah, that is an excellent point. That's right. So yes. we. Um, we we occupy an insignificant portion of the Earth's volume, right? We're, if you imagine um, that the Earth is an apple, every living thing from the highest the highest eagle to the lowest critter in the Mariana Trench are all within the skin of that apple. Right? That's where we all live, and that that's the relative. Because you mean relative Relatively, to the, the right? size of the Earth. So if you yeah. look at the Earth from afar. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. We occupy this tiny little slice. Wow. Um, and that slice is getting hotter, um, thanks to climate change. And that's inconvenient ah. because because we live there, right? right. Um, and also, the problem with climate change is that it's happening on the scale of tens of years or centuries, uh, which, which we notice. Um, but the Earth as a whole has been cooling down steadily for about 4 billion years. Mm. Okay. Um, so it used to be, could you, would you have, I, I'm guessing we don't know the exact temperature, but mm-hmm. would I have walked on the planet uh, after it was newly formed or in the first uh, half a million years or something? And would it have been fought, hot, fought, <laughs> hot on your feet? Yeah, or it would have hot. been lava. Eventually the whole rock, the all of Earth oh, would have been lava, right. at one point, right? Um, and then it had to get cool enough for us to live on its surface. Um, because lava is not a great real estate investment. No, no. no. And, and as every child knows, when you try to play the game. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Because yeah, the, the game is the earth is lava or everything is lava. Yeah. It's a lot yeah. harder. Um, <laughs> so we had to wait um, a few hundred million years before the earth got cold enough. Uh, the surface either got cool enough uh, for life to evolve on it, like water to condense and so on. Um, but And so that's great, right? That's really good that that happened. But the Earth will continue to get cooler with time too. Um, so the, the core of the Earth is still molten. And most of that is just leftover heat from the initial formation of the Earth. Um, with an important caveat that radioactive materials inside the Earth also keep it heated as well. Um, right. But uh, both of those things are going down with time. The radioactive materials have a half-life, and we are slowly losing heat into space. Um, So interesting, using using the uh, not-so-scientific term comfortable, and I'm curious actually whether I didn't note, is that something they used in the paper, or is this just the Sky News interpretation? Um, So as far as I know, comfortable is not a technical term. Um, right. <laughs> although now I will endeavor to to make it so. Yeah. Um, yeah. You. So, for instance, term, this is. Go ahead. Usually, the term is habitable. So we say a planet is habitable right. when you can live on it. Um, but right. that's kind of a, a a hazy word. Whereas comfortable is immediately clear. Yeah. Well, I like when they say. Well, even when they say comfortable, what they're doing is they're saying, "Okay, let's make habitable the given." Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like relative. Let's forget we're in. We're all in a habitable zone. Within that, there would be a range of, yes, you know, that's right. be more more conducive to life or more comfortable for humans. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's so it's sort of like the Earth. It's where we are currently with the Earth is that period where you fill the bathtub up really, really, really hot, 
right? You just pour just the hot water. Yeah. It's just super hot and you can't get in. Uh, so you wait until just when it's cool enough mm-hmm. to go in. Now it's comfortable, but it's only going to last that yeah. temperature for a little while. Yeah. Eventually it's going to get too cold. Is so what you're saying is the, right. uh, yeah. So in geological air, terms, we have just gotten cold. into the comfortable water. Um, and oh, we okay. don't, we don't realize because it's going to take tens of billions of years for the earth to cool off to the point where it's uncomfortable to be on. Right. Um, and in fact, the humans, human or, 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 or land-based life, um, is so cocky and are so overconfident. Mm-hmm. It was like the, the ocean was very nice. Yeah. And then some creatures decided, Hey, we could step out. Hey, it's warm. <laughs> it's warm out here too. Enough, yeah. Uh, uh, little, did, little did they know that in a very sudden 15 billion years, uh, it will become uncomfortable for them. Uh-huh. Um, and because of the way the physics of heat works, the uh, more mass you've got packed into one place, the longer it will retain that heat. Um, so, if, so one criteria for super habitability, super comfortability, uh, would be to have a planet that's a little bit bigger so it holds on to that primordial heat a little bit longer. Yeah, and again, the the word com- if it's there's a psychological element here, which I always enjoy kind of keeping an eye on uh, in our ifs, because uh, for the, for for them for who for the the uh, people making this judgment of comfortable comfortableness, mm-hmm. the time pressure makes it uncomfortable for them. Because in other words, right. I'm perfectly, if you only, if you live day by day, you know, if you have a little more Zen attitude about things, you're like, or you're just more grateful for every little crumb that comes your way. You're like, this is a nice day. Mm-hmm. If it's going to snow tomorrow it, or, you know, it's going to be bad weather tomorrow. Um, what they're saying is, wouldn't it be nice not to have to worry about it? Almost like the weather report stresses them out. So we're looking for long-term comfortability. Right. And have is the earth i i've not heard of the earth being in danger of cooling too much before the sun dies um that's right the sun will probably die before we have to worry about this particular problem um, right this is um uh, this is a very long term worry <laughs> for a very <laughs> right thing. right um, but but we don't, something, something to keep in mind, though, actually, is that the amount of energy that the Earth gets from the sun is actually not just from light hitting us is not right. enough to keep the Earth warm, uh, to keep it comfortable in the manner to which we have become accustomed. So we actually oh. do rely on uh, geothermal heat and can, rather confusingly, the greenhouse effect. Um, that is, yeah. the Earth's atmosphere traps uh, enough heat to keep us comfortable. So we actually are reliant um, on that geological heat uh, to keep us comfortable. Right. Um, and speaking of the atmosphere, um, there's another problem too, which is that um, gas particles are really unreliable. Um, they they <laughs> tend to flake out on you and, and yeah. you run away if you're not careful. They're very flighty. Blah! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the, the only thing, and you know this, right? Like if you, um, uh, 
was just trying to figure out a, a good example of um, releasing some gas that wasn't too scatological. <laughs> um, but I guess I've... I well, vinegar, for instance. Vinegar. That's right. Yeah. So you open up a, a bottle of vinegar um, yeah. and you can smell that vinegar all the way across the room in a yeah. few seconds. Right. Uh, and that's because the, the vinegar vapor um, has an internal pressure and tries to push itself away from wherever it started. And our atmosphere is constantly doing that too. So all the, all the particles of air, of oxygen and nitrogen, um, are pushing on each other constantly. Uh, and then a question you might wonder is, well, why do, they, why do they stick around? Why don't they just zoom off into space if they're so interested in being far away from us? <clears throat> um, and the answer is the same reason that you don't go zooming off into space. It's gravity. So it's uh -huh. a little counterintuitive, right? You're not used to thinking about gravity influencing air but it air does. yeah so yeah. our atmosphere um is in a constant state of battle between wanting to leave and being pulled back by gravity um and that's uh so there's the, there's an important um let's see here kind of tipping point with the sizes of planets where is the planet big enough to retain its own atmosphere so earth is uh -huh. Right, we have a strong enough gravity that we can hold our atmosphere in for long periods of time, um, whereas Mars was not. So even if Mars had an atmosphere at one point, it has gradually faded away because Mars's gravity isn't strong enough to keep the individual uh, atoms there. Right, and so and so Mars, and it seems like a lot of this comfortability study or this quest for comfortability mm -hmm. looks at. Mars, as we do, we, we look at Venus in one direction, we look at Mars in the other, and we see danger on both sides. But so in the case of Mars, it's dead in the sense that it has no geological um, activity or whatever the equivalent word is for Mars. Mm -hmm. And um, it has no water. It has no, it has very little atmosphere, barely any. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think one-tenth of one percent of Earth's atmosphere or something. Um, but the loss of the atmosphere, so th those are separate, seems like those are separate. Well, I mean, there, there's a sense in which they're all tied together, right? So if uh, Mars had uh, held, if Mars had been big enough, it could have held right. on to its atmosphere. If it held on to its atmosphere, it would have stayed warmer longer. If it had stayed warmer longer, uh, uh, it might've had water for longer. Um, which would have, could have fed the atmosphere. Right. <laughs> yes. Right. Um, so if, um, so it's interesting because, you know, Mars and the earth aren't that different in size, um, but somewhere in between us seems to be that critical spot. If you're, you know, earth is above it, so it's comfortable. Mars is below it, so it's not comfortable and it gets less comfortable every single day. Right, right. Um, and so we're going to engineer our planet. We have hired uh, Slardy Bardfast, <laughs> one of my favorite characters from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and his whole species, I suppose, um, to build a, 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 a what do you call it a, a bespoke planet, ah, yeah, uh, custom, custom made, as we say in the United States. And uh, so it sounds like what what they were recommending in the article was well, the first thing you want is ten percent larger than Earth. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. I think it's just fair. something a little bit bigger without being too crushy. Yeah, exactly right. Because if it's four times the size of Earth, then the gravity is really intense um, and is not a comfortable place to be. Right. right. Now, also, it's funny when they talk about comfortable. Here's the interesting question for you. Mm-hmm. They are speaking of life in general. Right. And so... I, I don't, they're actually not really shying away from the fact, it seems like, you know, they understand that life could evolve, you have a bigger planet, life could evolve that thinks that gravity is normal and it's not a problem. But is it that as you get bigger and bigger, life itself as we know it, it becomes harder to be that strong? To- well, so remember that they're, um, they're, as you say, they're they're not thinking about a specific form of life. Maybe us in right. a very general sense, um, but their primary concern is just w- uh, how long these planets will become comfortable. So uh-huh. we're so when we go to Slaughter Bartfast, he says, "Well, what do you want? You want palm trees? You want nice weather?" And we're like, "Yeah, yeah. that's all fine. Those would be nice things to have, but really, we don't want to have to buy a new planet in ten billion years." So. Give us the most reliable, long-lasting right. planet you've got. The Toyota <laughs> of planets. Because, Toyota otherwise, being... because otherwise, you know, you're buying the extra warranty, and that's always a ripoff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. And, you know, the paperwork for returning a defective planet is just unbelievable. Yeah, this is, we right, this is the opposite of sort of like the 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 electronic industry where it falls apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter how nice it is, it kind of doesn't last that long or it becomes obsolete for other reasons. So, um, yeah, we want to really, is it, so I'm going to push us even further oh, as yeah. we enter the final <gasps> round. What the if you could build a planet that would last forever. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> so not not forever, but last until the death of the universe. Oh well, we're How just about worried that? about the death of the universe. Yeah, that's no big deal then. Yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, Slarty Bartfast warranty just covers everything except the death of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> you have to really pay for extra Apple Care for that. Extra Apple Apple Care Apple Care Plus Plus Plus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. All right. So let's see here. So we can, um, we can make it last longer if we're willing to mess with some things. Um, and in particular, if we're willing to mess with what we mean by planet. Oh, Ooh. um, because if by small, planet, small tear from the Pluto, <laughs> uh, um, because if we're, if by planet we mean rock with atmosphere and water that we can live on, um, that's that's always going to have problems, right? It's got a finite amount of where we're depending on its internal heat, um, and that's going to go away no matter how big it is. If we're if we're shooting for the end of the universe, um, then that's it has to. It's eventually going to going to run out. Um, eventually every individual atom of air is going to escape. 
Um, yeah. it's just a, it's just a matter of time if we rely on traditional planets. Um, mm -hmm. But there is um, uh, there's an alternative, uh, which uh, is is used extensively in Ian Banks's uh, sci-fi series uh, of the Culture. Have you ever read any mm. of these? Yes, um, yes. And he calls these um, ones, habitats yeah. instead, mm -hmm. uh, and he says instead of a, a traditional planet which has all these problems, if you can make something on a planetary scale, you're actually better off making um, a big uh, a big loop, um, like a slice of a cylinder, and putting like a ring world, a ring world, yeah, exactly right, yeah. And you yes. put that. I guess Larry Niven does this too, is right? Um, yes. And put that around the star so you can get the light that you want. And then um, you live on the inside of that ring, like facing right. the thing. And then you spin the ring. And the centrifugal force of the ring gives you gravity so you can walk around normally. Um, and it holds the atmosphere in. And that will go, and you're no longer relying on the internal heat of the planet because you can put the ring at whatever distance from the star you want. So you don't have to, to worry right. about that. You don't have to worry about the atmosphere gradually escaping because it's being held in by centrifugal force, uh, which you have control over. Um, so you can, so a habitat, uh, an artificially constructed one, um, a ring world will last much longer than a traditional planet. Uh, so in that case, you're, you're really... Um Aside from your maintenance, you really depending on those engineers. And by the yeah. way, that's one of the novels, the, the Ring World Engineers, mm -hmm. Larry Niven's novels. Um, you're really depending on them to uh, maintain it. But basically, you are tying your fate totally to the star, which is that a step is up. Correct. Yeah, that's right. Um, and it's uh, as both uh, you know Niven and Banks point out, if you have the ability to build planetary size things, you also have the ability to move them around. So uh -huh. if your star starts getting cold, or for whatever reason is displacing you, you can actually just pick up and go. Um, and in fact, uh, <laughs> if I remember right, I think it's I think it's Niven that has the the puppeteers as a, a race of aliens who actually wow. don't even bother with stars anymore and just cruise their planets around uh, from place to place. So their whole civilization is like dozens of planets um, just cruising around. That's because awesome. they're, they're I had an uncle. I had an uncle who had a jewelry store and a boat. And he would, <laughs> his boat, he would go to different places. Yeah, that he's going to go down to Palm Beach. Um, it seems very smart. So, uh, but the planet, if the thing is they're looking for comfortable planets. And so until we find a, um, a ring world out there, which mm -hmm. would be cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious about if we find one of these comfortable planets, what does it mean for life to not have had uncomfortableness? That way, it does the life on some planet mm -hmm. taking their idea to the extreme. The life on some planet is so perfectly so to, to say it's comfortable means I assume that there's pressures on the ecosystem, for instance, right? Oh, uh, yeah, and so which, which is in all of evolution is based on pressure. On the, mm -hmm. is it possible that when you have one of these planets that was so stable for so long? Would uh, and, and I don't know. Does does evolution say that at some point it will reach total equilibrium? Um, yeah, I guess is the the short huh. answer. Um, because 
evolution is about change. Um, and as you say, if the external pressures uh, aren't changing, then life has very little incentive uh, to change as well. Um, so if everybody's comfortable, then there's no reason to get off the couch. Um, <laughs> the couch again. We're back at the couch. The couch. You can't get off the couch. And there's no reason to get off. Um, the couch. And sometimes, so you know, one of the the things that drives um, evolution here on Earth is, uh, amongst other things, um, climate change over periods of time. Right. Uh, uh -huh, a, uh -huh. a, a given area goes from being um, hot and wet to cold and dry, and then the critters that live there have to adapt to that. Um, yeah. And sometimes that. You know, makes a whole interesting new species, and sometimes it just kills them off. Um, but sometimes we we do have some examples of these sort of steady state critters um, that get so good at what they do that they don't have to change. Um, and my favorite examples of this are sharks and alligators, um, who have essentially been unchanged for like fifty million years. Well. And my what about tortoises? Uh, tortoises? I'm not sure about tortoises, actually. It could be. But they can live like a thousand yeah. years. Um, yeah. But so sharks and crocodiles, the way I think about this is, um, I think I said alligators before, it's crocodiles. Um, oh. They're such efficient killing machines that evolution has not needed to change anything. Like every few years, natural selection peeks in on the shark and they're like, still killing everything? And the shark says, yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It says, okay, I'm good. Right. I'll see you later. So, but what the shark needs is it needs a constant source of delicious, you know. Yep, that's right. Um, and food. if, for instance, so I mean, one, if we're taking our long view on our planet getting uncomfortable, as the earth yeah. begins to cool, the oceans cool. And then as the oceans cool, uh, it might be that a shark's favorite kind of fish can no longer survive in that cold ah. atmosphere. So maybe it has to evolve a new trait. To survive and maybe yeah. that trait has a weird side effect that makes it harder for sharks to eat and then the evolutionary race is on right yeah um see I, i've always felt that the mayor in jaws mm -hmm. who uh everyone's trying to force the mayor to close the beach on fourth of july weekend and he won't and i just thought he's seeing the longer view he's he's looking for equilibrium yeah, he's like yeah. if we close the beaches there'll be no <laughs> what will the who will the sharks eat if they're you know, <laughs> if the tourists go away then the sharks get hungry exactly exactly so does earth uh do, on a long one of these super comfortable planets mm -hmm. does life eventually evolve into some sort of just goo it's um, just so comfortable <laughs> <laughs> well it'll probably be um, remember the time scale we're thinking about here is tens of billions of years. So if you're watching the planet over that period of time, then yeah, life will probably look like it doesn't change very much, but on the day to day activities on the planet, it's still pretty exciting because the sharks are still oh. eating the fish. Um, and, uh, right. the, okay. the humans are still running away from the dinosaurs trying to get them. Um, so it's, so on a day by day kind of calendar. Um, yeah. You might not notice that. Uh, in the same way that, you know, every day here on Earth, right, we don't notice these long-term patterns. Um, I mean, even climate change patterns that happen over the course of decades are really hard to see um, yeah. on a day-to-day -day yeah. basis. But uh, I think the, the human, this is where 
the mind, and I won't say just the human mind because I'm guessing animals also get restless, but let's look at, we know the human mind a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, the human mind gets bored. <laughs> so equilibrium, I mean, maybe this may actually, I can't say it's part of it. There, there's no plan in evolution, but this might be an interesting element in evolution, at least certainly for people or the sense that life finds a way. It's like life doesn't, life has to be finding a way all the time. Yeah, it's but it's great, but it, like, you know, yeah. we're good. Mm-hmm. We're yeah, good. but it only finds a way if it has that, um, if it has that pressure from the outside. Um, and oh, that was, right. uh, and you know, that's, um, that's, that's been talked about in evolutionary theory since the very beginning. Um, huh. Is that like, well, what would humans be like then if we had no outside pressures? Um, and that's what inspires H.G. Wells, who, who learns biology from Darwin's great student, Huxley. Um, and when he writes The Time Machine, that's his vision. It says, you know, what if in the future um, humans are so comfortable and everything is so easy um, that we become the like the Eloi, right? Where we're happy but dumb um, and we just kind of walk around frolicking all day. And then the Morlocks show up every now and then and eat one of us and it's no big deal. So even there, there was there was an imbalance Mm-hmm. Uh, that was more about, but but yeah, I suppose in other words, there's a dominant for dominant species that dominant group, tribe or somebody that is maintaining that control. Um, yeah, it seems like I think if you didn't have human restlessness or boredom, if boredom were not a thing, <laughs> I mean, right straight, it isn't well, just that would be food. something else. Yeah, we the modern a, world, yeah, has created we get a psychologist sort of, on to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's wrong with that planet? Well, they're not bored. It's just a planet. Of, it's a zen, <laughs> just a zen planet. It is also a view we see sometimes of aliens. Mm-hmm. That's right. They're just chill and peaceful. So, um, and then they hear about us, and they're like, suddenly they thought, we didn't know there could be something else. Let us take this planet. <laughs> <That's> right, <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is just, you know, there's just so much going on in the world. We just thought. Let's fantasize about a planet ten percent bigger and a, and and almost eternal and oh. just calm, no change. no change. This is a quiet. If we, often we destroy the worlds. Uh, we do. That's right. This is one of the rare times that we end up with things uh, more comfy than when we started. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Sky News, for the uh, inspiration uh, to do this. When you're feeling really comfortable. You probably want to listen to other episodes of What the If, which you can do right there on your podcast app. Oh. Scroll back. Um, if you don't see it, you know, subscribe. They'll just keep coming. It'll just so comfortable. Each episode just just shows up again. More humor and knowledge coming your way. Um, we are on Twitter at What the If Show. Twitter, one of the more relaxing. Like, what if there was a super comfortable Twitter? Or any of that, I think they would all, that would collapse. Yeah, they know that. They have to make you uncomfortable. I hope that wherever you are in the world, especially considering the crazy state of the world, that you are comfortable. Um, Today's episode was brought to you by Charmin, (laughs) the comfortable toilet (laughs) And as we all know, if you have a lot of toilet paper, apparently that brings comfort. It does. Based on the panic. Certainly the lack thereof. Yeah. Yeah causes insanity. Matt, thank you very much. Anything you would like to plug? 
Um, oh, you mentioned Huxley. What do you want? Oh, yeah, that's book? right. So I, I wrote a, a book about this is uh, Thomas Henry Huxley, by the way. Um, everybody uh, knows his uh, grandson, um, Huxley, Aldous Huxley, the, the sci-fi writer. Um, but I kind of wrote a book about that was partially about Huxley, uh, Huxley's Church and Maxwell's Demon. If anybody wants to go take a look, I assume it is available somewhere. I haven't checked for a while. Yes, everywhere. Um, on all the comfortable, most comfortable bookstores you can find by Matthew Stanley. Um, send in your thoughts. Tell us how comfortable, on a, on, a, on a scale of zero to 10, how comfortable did you get? Hmm. Uh, would you like more comfortable shows or less comfortable shows? Would you like to be agitated or relaxed? <laughs> Let us know. Uh, you can email us feedback at whattheif.com or just go to our website, whattheif.com, and type right there. There's a little space for you to write us a message right on the page there, right on the front page there. And now, Matt, I fear that our comfort is short-lived. No, oh dear. What is happening? What is happening now that we need to react to? Well, it looks like that no matter how comfortable we've made our planet, it is uh, gradually dying off anyway. So we have a sudden reminder of the, the existential horror of our lives uh, and are forced to shout. What? 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 <laughs> yes! See you next week, everybody.